is your bedroom making you sick? Today we're going to dive into 10 things that you can do to eliminate having a toxic bedroom. Hi friend, welcome to Grassroots Wellness. I am Jen Kruba, here to share with you how to have peace, fulfillment, and purpose through holistic health solutions, essential oils, non-toxic strategies, and faith. No more searching for purpose outside of the normal mundane day-to-day life that leads to exhaustion, overwhelm, and feeling discontent. Instead of looking for the next thing to fill your cup, this podcast will show you how to have confidence on your journey, deepen your faith, and uncover the healing and energy-boosting powers of detoxifying your life, your home, and your inner self. If you are ready for a holistic overhaul in your marriage, motherhood, and faith, then let's grab that diffuser girl and dig in. Is your bed making you sick? This might be a question that has popped in and out of your mind with all of the new trending non-toxic lifestyle information that comes at you. But years ago, probably almost 20 years ago, I created my obsession with all non-toxic living and just trying to figure out how to keep my family the safest that I could. And one of the obsessions that I started was looking into organic bedding and what is the best and safest bedding for my family. It wasn't as common of a subject 20 years ago, but what I did start to look at was what can I switch out? Um, What can I do until I have the budget to purchase a new mattress, new pillows, that sort of a thing. So when my kids were little, I was trying to air out their mattresses. I would haul the the twin mattresses, the crib mattresses outside for my older children um, because I kind of learned about this probably mostly with my second and third child um, about the, the toxicity of the bedding. And so some of them already had, some of my children already had mattresses. So would haul them outside, put them in the sun, let them air out, and I would wrap them in multiple sheets to try to create a bit of a barrier from the off-gassing of this toxic mattress. Um, I chose a company eventually called Lifekind, and we'll talk a little bit more about them and, and some of the things that, that they offer. But, um, I found that the natural latex mattresses were my favorite, um, the most comfortable. I also chose no box springs, uh, with mine. I looked into a little bit of information on EMFs and is there a possibility that the, the coils could, uh, push some of those into my body and have an impact on my body. Um, so what I, I chose for my family was wood slap foundations. So we're going to unpack today, is your bedroom making you sick? And maybe some swaps that you can make now, some things that you can do to create a healthy bedroom for you and your family. I don't know if you know this because I actually didn't until I did a little bit of research on it, but over 12,000 years ago, humans slept not on mattresses, right? They slept on the ground. I guess you probably figured that out anyhow, because there weren't like mattresses that just appeared at the beginning of time, but typically on rocks uh, with animal skins is what they slept on. And then about 5,000 years ago, luxury mattresses began to appear during the early Roman empire. There's like a whole history on mattresses and how they evolved, including like water mattresses. It's, it's kind of fascinating. And I'll put in the show notes a book that references a lot of this information that is helpful if you really want to dig into it. But we, it is important for us to remember that what goes on our skin will also go through our skin. Our skin is extremely porous 
And so whatever is on your skin is going to enter your cells eventually. And that includes the bedding that you wrap yourself up in. Um, So with this knowledge and knowing that we spend a third of our life sleeping and how well we sleep and what we're exposed to during our rest is going to affect the other two thirds of your life, right? And what you may not realize is that the actual bed you sleep on can cause problems for you. It's pretty interesting. So according to the Sleep Foundation, 50 to 70 million Americans, including children, suffer from intermittent sleep disorders, 40 million chronic sleep problems. But sleep is not merely a timeout from our busy schedules. It's actually when our body is detoxifying and healing. It's when our immune system is resetting, is repairing. And so if you are someone who wakes up groggy feeling, you're restless at night, And some of you may say, I have no problems, but no matter where you fall, you are being being impacted by the bed you sleep on. So while you and I both know we can not outrun or hide from all the chemicals out there, we are going to be exposed. I mean, if we're in a car driving, there's an exhaust in front of us when we're sitting in traffic, there's just no way to avoid all the chemicals and the impact that it's going to have on our body. But what we can control is what happens in that one third of our life when our body is repairing and resting. Because that other two thirds of our life, like I said, is going to be impacted. And that's important. That's valuable. That's time that we can never get back. And so some of you may sleep on the polyurethane foam. Let's just talk a little bit about what that is. It's really uh, a base of petrochemicals combined with additional chemical ingredients that are stabilizers, catalysts, surfactants, fire retardants, colorants, blowing agents. But each of those chemicals is really associated with a host of environmental problems as well as numerous human health problems such as chronic bronchitis, reduced lung function, breathlessness, nausea, vomiting, various allergic reactions. We've seen the increase in allergies in our children, in our youth, in our teens, even in adults. Um, And some of those ingredients in the the foam mattresses are potential carcinogens and reproductive toxins. So while you could do your research, you could look at all these ingredients and learn about all these big long names and, and the impact that it has on our health, probably if you're like me, it's like, okay, I know that the majority of commercial mattresses are not good for me. They are going to cause me health implications. They're going to create um, my body to have to work harder when it's sleeping. It's not going to rest properly. So what can I actually do about that? And how can I afford it, right? That's probably another question because sometimes we hear these things and we just want to not actually hear them. We want to block them out because we're like, we don't have time to try to think about this with our busy lives. But that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a couple simple things that you can do to create a safer haven in your bedroom and get better sleep and be healthier. And as you start to implement some of those things, you may get to a place in your life where you have to swap out your mattress and then you can choose a healthier upgrade. So let's talk about a couple things to just steer clear of. We want to steer clear of things that have flame retardants on them. They're covered in in all kinds of chemicals that are just not going to be good for you to put directly on your skin, including children's clothing um, that they wear their pajamas. A lot of baby pajamas have that on there. I always like to wear tight fitting wool. Um, there's, there's very comfortable wool blends that um, are organic and merino wool. It's non-itchy. It's cool in the summer, warm in the winter. 
Um, and then the the no wrinkle sheets, those types of sheets that are marketed that way, usually have some sort of chemical on them. So you want to steer clear of that. So let's let's talk about how to start to create that healthy non-toxic bedroom on a budget or where meet you wherever you're at. So one of the first things that you can do is just to swap your pillow for a healthier upgrade. You can find an organic cotton, wool, natural latex, whatever sort of firmness, softness you like with your pillow. I'll drop some links in the show notes so you can check some sites out. Um, the second thing to do would be get 100% organic, organic cotton sheets and pillowcases. Or if you're not at a place because you feel like they're a little more expensive, but they are carrying them in a lot of places now, like even Target, um, you know, Costco, like different places like that, you can actually find 100% organic cotton sheets for about the same price as 100% regular cotton. We know that cotton has is treated with a lot of herbicides, pesticides, and you're going to get those on your skin. So if you do decide to purchase 100% cotton, then really wash them good. I love our abode cleaning pods because it has essential oils in there. It's really going to clean deeply and wash away. I like to do a vinegar rinse cycle and I would actually probably wash those new sheets three to four times before placing them on a bed, especially if it's a baby. Um, the third thing to do is to fill your room, your bedroom with houseplants. So episode two, if you're curious, like, well, what houseplants are the best? Which ones are going to clean my air the best? Um, go to episode two. I have lots of information on there on the types of plants that are going to benefit you the best and clean the air because another interesting thing is that our indoor air pollution is higher than our outdoor air pollution. And so we are indoors more than we're typically outdoors. And um, especially when you're sleeping, you're indoors, usually your windows are shut, that sort of a thing. So that's number three. Number four is wash your sheets weekly. This is just going to help to keep them clean, keep them fresh. Um, it's, it's a great habit to get into. Number five is swap out your mattress when it's time for you to get a new mattress or if you're at a place where your budget allows and you can upgrade. Um, swap that out for an organic version um, like I said, I, I love the Lifekind company and I have a natural latex mattress. It's surrounded by organic wool and then organic cotton. Um, and then I have a wood slap foundation. Number six to have a healthy bedroom is to keep your room cool. You are going to sleep best when your room's probably around 63 to 68 degrees. Um, that's going to help your body rest over being overheated. If you've ever had to sleep in a hot summer night and you didn't have AC, you know what I'm talking about. Your body gets overheated and you just don't sleep as well. Um, number seven is use a diffuser to clean the air and create a calm atmosphere. So a lot of times we are all keyed up. We either have watched, you know, an episode of Yellowstone or whatever, and then we try to go to bed. Not only the lights from the TV have created issues with uh, within our brain uh, to make us think it's it's daytime, but we're all keyed up. So if you can use some essential oils that not only clean the air, but help to calm you down like lavender or serenity or balance, those are really great options. Um, uh, you can use a diffuser in your bedroom, make sure the light is off. You want a dark room. Um, that's going to be very helpful to you. And then number eight, remove the TVs and screens from your bedroom. Try not to be on your phone. Don't even have a TV in your bedroom. It's really not going to be great. Your your eyeballs see the light and it thinks it's, you know, waking up. It's morning. It's time to get awake and it just messes with your, with your body. Um, noise. I 
used to not be so sensitive to noise, but when I started living on my own, I heard the cats running through the house. I heard everything. And of course, for me, a cat, for some reason, then sounded like a burglar and I was all wound up and worked up. So I decided to put on some white noise and that is extremely helpful. Uh, you can get a white noise machine. You can get, pull up an app. Um, I have Noisly, that's the app I use. And I just put that on and it helps to avoid those loud noises that can disrupt your sleep through the night. That's number nine. And then um, number 10, I kind of already mentioned this a little bit earlier, but keep the room cool. And also that helps with REM sleep. When does REM sleep occur? So you really first experience your first cycle of REM sleep about 60 to 90 minutes after falling asleep. And then there's some different stages. You'll go through three stages of non-REM, one stage of REM sleep. Anyhow, you go through this and each sleep stage takes about 90 to 120 minutes to um, begin a new cycle and, and move through that. So why is REM sleep so important? While all sleep is important, REM is particularly important because it plays the role in dreaming, memory, emotional processing, and healthy brain development. So dreaming, I love to dream most of the time. Sometimes I have nightmares. I don't love those. Um, but a majority of your dreams take place during that REM sleep. Um, however, you will dream during other stages as well. Um, but with that said, the dreams you experience in REM sleep are usually more vivid than non-REM sleep dreams. You do a lot of emotional processing during this REM time. Your brain processes emotions. Dreams, which are more vivid in REM sleep, may be involved in emotional processing. Also, your amygdala, the part of your brain that processes emotion, activates during REM sleep. Um, it also helps with memory co consolidation. During REM sleep, your brain processes new learnings and motor skills from the day, committing some to memory, maintaining others, and deciding which ones to delete. Some memory consolidation also takes place in deep sleep, a non-REM stage. Interesting, right? So <laughs> your brain kind of decides what you want to remember while you're sleeping. I thought that was funny. Brain development. This is so important, especially for our little ones, right? So They've um, hypothesized that REM sleep promotes brain development since newborns spend most of their sleep time in REM. Um, it's interesting, we as adults only need about two hours of REM where infants and children are needing a lot more, maybe as much as eight hours a day. I thought that was pretty fa um, fascinating. And then wakefulness preparation. REM sleep system might help us get ready to wake back up. This may explain why we spend increasingly amounts of time in REM sleep as the night progresses and why we are easier to wake up during this stage. So like I said, how much REM sleep do you need as an adult? About two hours. And in a healthy bedroom situation, temperature, uh, less toxic load, and clean environment, um, healthy breathing, um, restfulness, you know, no, not a lot of lights coming in is going to really help create a more REM stage of sleep, allowing for a much easier wake time and a much healthier body overall. Um, and again, children need about eight hours of that. So I know this was a lot of different takeaways today. My goal for you would be, hey, let's pick one or two things that we can do to make our bedrooms healthier, even if it's just add a few houseplants to your bedroom. If it's swap out the pillows, swap out the sheets, little by little, just remember as things wear down, replace them with a healthier upgrade and you will be on your way 
to a much healthier bedroom. Sending love for now. Until next time, come see me over on Facebook or Insta at Jen Kruba or grab that hot cup of tea or coffee and head on over to my website, jennaleewellness.com for a few oily drops of education.